I'm Ako. And I'm Marcy. And thanks once again for joining us for another episode of the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from Colorful Backgrounds. Hey, Colorful Backgrounds. Ah. <laughs> So, um, as you all know, it is still summertime, so we are bringing you another episode of our summer short series, you know, insert applause, um, so basically this series is, you know, where we choose to essentially focus on a few less traditional literary works from what we typically do, um, that you all can kind of like listen to, you know, while you drive to work. This morning, because, you know, we're adults and summer break is like, who was that? Like, we don't need to rest or (laughs) take care of ourselves. What? (laughs) Like, Yeah, I mean, late stage capitalism. Like, why would we want to break or hang out with our families? But. Right. (laughs) So today. Families? Like who? Right. Why? Um, But today we will be discussing MFK, another comic, this time a fantasy comic written by Neela Magruder. But, Marcy, before we get into that... Yes? You know I got a question for you. Oh, look at God. (laughs) Uh, Yes, thank God. Um, So, you know the show The Avatar? Absolutely. Yes, I don't know why I thought a fellow Blurred would not. But for those of you who Mm. may not be familiar with it, it's a popular kids show where different characters have these ability to bend elements. And there's actually more to the story than that. It's very complex and deep and semi-political and a great watch for anyone who is bored in the summer and wants something, you know, a little bit retro to watch. But I wanted Mm. to know which element do you think you would bend and why? Also, this is a two-parter. Okay. <laughs> this is a two-parter. The second question is, uh-huh. well, actually, let's answer this first one, and then I'll ask you the second one. Okay. So, okay, so not to be that bitch, but the the elements are fire, water, air, and earth. Good point. Those are the four? Bet. Okay. So, I, ooh, I would bend water. Ooh. And it's funny because, like, I'm a Pisces, and, like, I swear <laughs> it has nothing to do with that, but, like, something about water is just, like, so, like majestic mm. it's something that like it's it's kind of unassuming like if i i think if i if i didn't choose water i would choose air like something that like people are just kind of like oh like this is like an everyday thing like whatever but like when used in a certain way it can be kind of like used as like a protective measure or Ooh. like defense and water just has like a certain like flexibility and like i mean literal fluidity that i'm just like this is like my aesthetic. Like if mm. I were to ever be like an anime character, I feel like I would fight <laughs> in a way that water like moves. Ah, if that makes sense. Very fluid. So yeah. Melodious. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcy, yes. I see that. Mm-hmm. What about you? I have thought about this. Um, and I think that I would be air. I feel like Really? Yeah. I feel like I thought at first I was fire, but I, I don't think so. I think I I'm very um sort of piffy a little bit quick a little bit clever you know dodging things i feel like if there's a situation mm. I, I i'm before i confront you i will most likely sidestep you you know <laughs> like, oh okay so like agility okay yes, yes so i that's kind of what i was thinking and then i also feel like yeah kind of to the same point as water air is underestimated you know people think oh air like that's no big deal but then all of a sudden you could you know in the show, at one point, a villain takes the air out of someone's lungs. Mm-hmm. But you're like, whoo, I mm-hmm. didn't think about the fact that air is everything to us, you know? 
And so wow. I think air could be a move, you know, like it could be a cool thing. And also I just feel like Aang was always doing cool stuff with air. He was like going on like air balls and flying through the air. I was like, this is cool. I'm into this. <laughs> no that's real shit right and i think i'm just too irresponsible for fire like i feel like i would burn my house <laughs> your house my mama's house like <laughs> they'd be like you're a villain and i'd be like I'm, it's not intentional <laughs> like i'm actually just clumsy but like every like if you splash water on something it's like okay girl that was annoying but if you splash right. fire on something like <laughs> child, it's a whole different ball game all your friends so but yes but what was the second part of the question yes so my second question is this is an imaginary scenario, but you have to defeat an mm-hmm. evil villain. And this villain is out to destroy the world, okay? They're going to make frozen mm-hmm. yogurt illegal, and in general, they're just going to take their tyranny a little too seriously. You're like, we didn't have to do all oh, that. Oh, fuck this bitch. Right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right. The oh, you girl, you got to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Child, what? Who asked? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what did it do to you? So, exactly. you have to build a crew, Marcy, of you and three other people to defeat him. Who do you put on your crew and why? Okay. Are these characters from the show or like a- like anime tropes? Like I like mm. is there are there any boundaries around who I can select or it can be literally anyone? I think you can do what you want. Any three. Okay. No Mary Sue's mm, though. Any th- Okay. <laughs> Let let's see. I mm okay. Such such a good question. So I think I'm gonna approach this from the from both personality and I guess like mythical ability okay so I, w- I guess i would be sort of like the water bending girl of the team like i you know control water and shit like that um i definitely want someone who was really good at like stealth like someone mm. who was like an expert in like getting us into like sort of little nooks and crannies and just kind of like serving information kind of like a um, like like a spy type like someone who can Ooh. like gather information they probably wouldn't be they wouldn't necessarily be like a combat person but they would be very much like an intel like you need to be here because like we need someone to like help <laughs> make these decisions <laughs> so i would definitely have someone like that and i think kind of along with that i feel like their personality would be one that like they probably be more like taciturn person but like Ooh. like being someone that like lives in the shadows they're like also kind of shady so like mm. we live okay so like is it like a morally ambiguous character kind of yeah like like, I don't need, like, honestly, with all of them, myself included, I, w- I feel like none of us would be like, oh, like, we're the good guys. It would just be kind of like, girl, <laughs> circumstances brought us together, bitch. Ah. This bitch trying to cancel Froyo. You bitch is like Froyo. Okay, <laughs> word up. Let's let's get together, organize, and take this motherfucker down. So I think that would be one person. I think the next person I would have would be, because I'm trying to think, because, like, I imagine there's, like, a secret layer. So, yeah, the stealth person would get us inside. I think we would need someone to, hmm. Because I'm not, like, a super... Like, I wouldn't want someone that's, like, oh, like, hella heavy-handed, like, just, like, destroying everything inside. I feel like that's, like, kind of destructive and not really my MO. I'd rather have someone who, like, is kind of, like... Maybe someone that's, like, a... um, Hmm. Trying to think. Oh, maybe someone that focuses... Who, like, is an expert on, like... Like, almost, like, anesthesia. Like, someone who could, like, shoot, like, little darts or something. I feel like all of them are kind of, like, ninja-esque. <laughs> but, like, someone who could, like, basically tranquilize enemies. Nothing, like, permanent, not killing bitches. But, like, it's, like, you know, from a distance, if someone's, like, hoes will be, like, okay, girl, like, do your thing. Will you do the thing where, like, you make people pass out? Like, do that thing. Because <laughs> we're about to get got. And I think they would kind of also be sort of, like, a similar, like, airy, kind of, like, speedy type. Oh. And they would probably also be, like... 
someone who's like that agile i would also imagine just to be kind of like a high energy type of person so they'd probably be like sort of like a funny sort of jovial also kind of like a like a morale builder of the team okay and then i guess i would i would sort of be like you know the classic girl that like bends water and like you know is like low-key i mean i feel like we would all be like egalitarian honestly i don't think i would be like the leader per se and i guess like the last person would be Oh, I feel like this would be like kind of the combat person. They would be less so like not like a like a swords person or something like that. I think they would like I would want them to be kind of like a mage, but I would want their power to be like manipulating time. Mm. So like they can like turn spaces into what they used to look like or they could like conjure up items or things that like used to exist in the past. They can kind of just like warp time in like a combative Ooh, sense. So it's like so it's almost like an illusionist, someone who can kind of like distort a setting and get someone so disoriented that then they could like they're like left more vulnerable where I can maybe do like my like water thing and like the bitch over here does like the tranquilizer thing and then like you know the the ninja like I don't know takes notes and like reports back to headquarters mm-hmm. like I don't know like just like something like that um but yeah but someone who can kind of like distort a space and time and kind of like be a mastery of like illusion and I think this person would also kind of like be I think this person would probably be the most like morally complicated because they'd be almost like sort of like since oh. they focus so much on illusions they may not like it'd be hard to understand okay is this person like really here for me right now like what is real and what's not mm. and i feel like that tension would kind of like add some like texture to like the adventure Ooh, this is a whole little comic anime series i'm excited yeah so that's a really specific response but what about you i don't know <laughs> if i can follow that time one oh i don't want to go against <laughs> your team like that sounds dope <laughs> so let me see i definitely think i would need a strategist Mm-hmm. I feel like people go into these fights and no one has a plan. And then all of a sudden the villain pulls out some wild ass, you know, like fifth hour, 25th hour type of trick. And everyone's like, oh no, we've been bested. But my strategist, <laughs> like they would have known about that ahead of time. And so like I need right. one of those on my team. I think mm-hmm. I also then would need, I, I feel like I actually would be one of the side characters. I feel like I would be like, comic relief maybe a stealth character yeah i definitely either be like someone who's like doing intel like throwing down darts you know like yeah or like a i I want like a stealth character who like unlocks things but also like um throws like darts to like tranquilize people like you were saying like the same thing Mm. but also like opens doors and like can figure out puzzles you know what i mean so the strategist is like okay we have Mm. to get here 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 and then like the stealth person's like okay and then like jump around and they like go open doors and they slide through things and hide past like an aria type character you know Mm. so okay I, i i really like that um and then i think i need one person who is just either they have like a huge suit and it's like a a big suit that can like break and it's like makes them more powerful or they're just like a big Mm -hmm. person you know what i mean and they like Mm -hmm. wield like a huge weapon and it just is like okay we did all our stealthy stuff and now we've been confronted (laughs) with like you know like a three-headed demon dog like what do we do and that person just comes in and is like i have a huge ass sword i will take care of this (laughs) perfect thank you so i think look at god So like that, and then I think the last person, I feel like, I feel like it's like a mage or probably more specifically like, um, like a health person. You know what I mean? Like someone Mm -hmm. who can heal people because Mm. I feel like, you know, everyone's, but to be fair, the, like your illusionist guy can fix this too. Cause if something, someone gets like stabbed or something, you just go back in time. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But right, a bar having that, I think you get into a fight, somebody's gonna get injured. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this guy True. is evil. He's trying to get rid of Froyo. He's not playing around. Like this is a serious endeavor. <laughs> he probably has booby traps. You know, like can you imagine you get to the fight and you're about to go into this dungeon and then you step on one booby trap and like you, someone's like, oh my leg. <laughs> you know, like Jared, we just got here. <laughs> You don't have a nurse, you're down for the count. So that's what I'm thinking. Right. Mm. I, that's for Because honestly, and I think that like, this is probably even a bigger conversation, but I think that like healers get the short end of the stick oh, a lot time. of the time. Mm, save like healers are so important to like any kind of like quest, but like the fact that they're, like, they're almost seen as like, like support characters mm. or like kind of like to the side. I'm like, bitch, mages are like, like, not even mages, but like healers specifically are just like, like have that person in the front because if you don't have a healer girl, what, what you doing mm. for real? Cause I know you bitches ain't fast enough to dodge all these blows. <laughs> so someone's got to get your asses together when it's like it's like like in naruto when people were like oh sakura's like useless like all she does is like heal people and i'm like naruto and like countless other niggas would be dead without sakura <laughs> oh but is the inverse true would sakura be dead without them no right? because she can what handle herself okay boom anyway uh, next like i'm just like yeah so i i live for that and honestly i'm gonna add a little like a little addendum to mine i think my waterness kind of like might Ooh. have some like water like healing okay. like something like i feel like water would be like mostly a healing thing but like can sometimes be manipulated mm. as like a as like a attack force if need be Ooh, i like it um funny how like both of our teams aren't particularly like violent or like <laughs> physically threatening like honestly <laughs> like it's just like kind of ragtag people who have like these sort of weird abilities are just like kind of quirky and smart and just like want pro you like it's just like not even that serious <laughs> we're clearly conflict averse people you know we're like oh but do we gotta right like, can't we just you know like get around it no i it's so real i was literally even like when i, I remember I used to like play games like pokemon and stuff and i was always the girl that was like you stun spore and it's just kind of like okay stun spore isn't going to kill the, <laughs> like like faint this enemy it's like okay yes it's like it's inconvenient but it's not like you can't win about it with stun spore. <laughs> or like i would like never evolve my pokemon because i'm just like oh like i just feel like they just get a little too aggressive and it's just like girl why are you playing this game again anyway like turn it on but yes like, what if we just discussed our differences and then exactly. we reach a mutual agreement to work together as a team like why do i gotta capture you right like what if we just like built community like i don't know what if like badges were face on like organizing mm. like i don't know like just like revolution wild we should take a break yes. and then <laughs> let's come back and talk about mfk Perfect. oh my gosh And we're back. So, yes. So, <laughs> our, like, magical cruise aside. But honestly, Akko, on the low, like, in the future, can we just, like, create, like, a video game or, like, a comic book Ooh. or just something where we can, like, put this imaginative energy, like, in a space? Because I feel like the world, like, on the... Sl I mean, not to, like, really put us on a pedestal, but, like, honestly, I mean, it's, you know, it's really high up here. <laughs> like, I think we just need to have this energy in the world like this. Like, Ooh. imagine the video... Like, if you had, like games where people like can like manipulate time like girl what right? oh god anyway mm. oh jesus but anywho you know as the is the point of this episode we're going to be discussing <laughs> mfk by neela mcgruger um and you know kind of in our typical fashion we'll be doing a little plot summary and then kind of jumping into our discussion um just a quick caveat the plot of this 
comic it's it sort of leaves on a, a little bit of a cliffhanger so we'll kind of just like summarize up to that point um and just kind of go from there right it's also the first it's also the first in a series so yes. the rest of the book hasn't come the rest of the comic series hasn't come out yet which is why you know you're not going to see a story arc in our summary right right so yes so basically the comic starts with a boy named jamie and his grandfather whose name isn't really ever re- He's just called Gramps throughout the comic. So it starts with Jamie and Gramps being out in the desert collecting sand. Like they like their occupation. They like collect sand for like, but like niggas live in the desert. So it's like, (laughs) but anyway, so they're collecting sand for whatever jobs they have. Um, And while they're out there, they run into this um, injured deaf girl named Abby, who's basically trapped in this sandstorm with with, um, her. They call them moas. Um, They're basically these, like kind of like a mix of like an ostrich and like a camel. So like, it's like, it looks like a bird, but you can ride it like a camel. So her moa is injured. Um, And basically like Jamie goes up to her. It was like, Oh, we like, we need to help you, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, Abby's like kind of resistant is like not super into it. But then basically Jamie like ends up like killing her moa because the moa is dying. Like it's like severely dehydrated. He's like, let's just put it out of his misery. Um, So basically like they take care of the moa and then they take in um, Abby who presumably at this point like passes out when she wakes up she's in this room it's kind of it's like she's in this room in a clinic that's owned by this woman named nefrain who is actually jamie's aunt so basically yeah so she wakes up and like once she's awake and everything um nefrain gives abby her hearing aid and they kind of like kind of get to talking as to like what the fuck is like going on um and so Jamie at this point kind of comes back and it's like, oh my God, you're like, you like, you're awake, blah, blah, blah. Cause apparently Abby was out for the count for like two days. Right. And the thing is like, we don't know at this point, we don't really know much about, we learn later that essentially the reason why Abby was out in the desert was because for reasons that we don't know quite yet, her mom is no longer alive and has been cremated. And so basically Abby is on this quest to spread her ashes throughout the desert. Um, and so while she was out there, that's when like, she kind of caught caught in the sandstorm and like all the shit like went left. But at this mm-hmm. point in the novel, we don't, we don't know any of this. So basically like Jamie kind of walks in and is like, oh, you're feeling better, whatever, whatever. They kind of get to kikiing, whatever, whatever. And then Nefrain kind of, you know, they, you know, introductions, all that cutesy shit, whatever. And so basically Nefrain tells Abby. So Nefrain is interesting because she's like a doctor, but is also like low-key, like, we'll put bitches in their place like it's nothing. Like she's like, <laughs> Abby, you will stay in here. You will like heal. Like we're not playing these games because basically Abby was trying to be like oh girl I'm fine I'm gonna go back into the desert because Abby's very much like an ind- like hella independent does not like relying on people at least initially um yeah. and so she's like kind of in a rush to get back to things but like Nefrain's like girl if you don't sit your ass down and heal like <laughs> the fuck <laughs> like anyway so that's kind of um that's kind of that so later on it kind of does a little bit of a time jump to about like a week and a half later abby's kind of feeling well enough to kind of like walk out and about and like you know she and jamie are actually starting to spend more time together and jamie so to kind of just explain their personalities you know jamie is just very much like a super joyous like honestly like yeah low-key the embodiment of like black boy joy but isn't black like he's just like just just joy (laughs) like he's just like super like like really curious about abby and like you know just like loves the fact that she's here and the thing is jamie is so a little bit of backstory on jamie so he lives with his aunt and his grandfather and his his his, uh, maternal grandfather and the thing is like it's it's said that his parents basically left him with with nefrain and gramps like when he when he was young because they went to go i guess live off the land or like do a thing it's not fully really 
fleshed no. out and I and it's led to believe that there's, there's like a little bit more as to why they left but um basically they left him and so Jamie you know kind of starts to tell Abby some of this and it's just like you know like for me like I'm kind of like you know like I wish I could like see them so I could just like punch them in the fucking face like they just like <laughs> left me in this like town oh by the way yeah so they live in this town called uh, Little Marigold that's like where all this is taking place mm. and so the thing is like so Jamie kind of has this fascination with Abby um not only because she's from somewhere else but also because she like obviously was on some sort of journey and Jamie has been looking to just kind of like leave Marigold for for a minute. Like he's just kind of bored with things. He's like, oh my right. god, everything is just like so run of the mill. So like Abby's kind of like this new opportunity. Abby, on the other hand, is a bit more kind of has a more serious disposition. Is like yeah, not necessarily super expressive. Yeah, she's fairly stoic, not super expressive. Um, but the thing is, like as she and Jamie start to like go on these like hijinks together, like they like steal. Pope, like potato buns and just like run around like kids <laughs> like they just like are like literally fucking around in marigold um while this is all happening like you kind of can tell that like abby's starting to kind of develop an affinity for jamie even though he's kind of quirky and just sort of like weird honestly so all of this is happening and oh yes so all of this is happening and then suddenly while they're out and about um this stranger comes into town and basically like robs the village but does it in like the most like conspicuous like obvious way like basically gets in front of the town and is like girl what y'all got for me like i'm taking goods not paying for them what y'all got (laughs) and so people literally were like walking up and they were like here's my like aunt's emeralds and they're like great and like he literally just like robbing niggas blind but not even blind because right. the bitches are literally volunteering their shit and so the thing is like abby's like what the whole full-blown fuck is going on and basically jamie explains that like well actually abby kind of comes to her own conclusion she notices that the guy in question like obviously everyone's very afraid of him and, and intimidated which is why they're just volunteering their things but the guy is something we never learn his name but he's something called a parasite and a parasite is a type of essentially magical kind of person that can like kind of leverage it's it's not fully explained but they basically have magical mm-hmm abilities so on this continent where all this is taking place little marigold is kind of like this like rinky dink town that like is sort of out of the way Mm. but like in a more central area people like parasite are typically protectors so parasite usually like protects civilians and like you know make sure they use their powers for for good i guess whereas in marigold parasite have always kind of exploited their powers for like you know capital gain so they like evil right so they like right so they like so they like intimidate bitches they rob them blind and basically just like use yeah just like intimidate them and so that's kind of how that's sort of revealed and interestingly enough after like abby kind of makes that connection of like okay like this is like interesting nefrain kind of like pulls abby aside and it's like hey so sis um i know you're almost fully recovered but um definitely clock the fact that you're a parasite not gonna work in little marigold because we actually don't do what you're kind here <laughs> so i'm gonna need you to leave expeditiously when you get the chance like no shade girl it's all you know it was all good you know we was drinking pigeon soup girl and hanging out but bitch <laughs> you gotta go like this cannot be and so basically right. abby's like fuck and so the next scene is basically abby kind of like low-key preparing for her departure and like she kind of like is hinting to jamie she's like oh i should like probably leave soon whatever whatever jamie's like blown boots because he's like girl don't leave like girl like we need you but like really jamie just <laughs> like over these niggas is just like wants to get the fuck out and so and also during the scene gramps enters the picture for the first time in like a minute and basically like oh, yeah. he he also clocked abby and was like girl um i know you're a parasite didn't frank tell you yo ass gotta go and she was like yes girl like i know i get it like you niggas don't want me here it's fine <laughs> like fuck and so basically so all of this is happening when suddenly a rogue group of four parasite roll up and girl yeah. shit goes down so 
Jamie, of course, being the foolhardy brown boy joy that he is, is like, this is an injustice. We're not going to stand for this anymore. So he stands up, is no power having self, to fight these <laughs> parasites. And then uh, simultaneously, Abby's walking down the street with her, you know, vase of dead ashes. It really is not here to help Jamie out. That was not her intention. She was just walking down the street. But during like the, the fight between Jamie and the parasite, um, her vase gets knocked on the ground and the ashes fall out. And at that point, she's like, okay, well, um, I guess the only solution uh, to this issue is to just open a can of grade A organic whoop ass <laughs> on all these parasites. And so she does. And she just, she, you know, just takes care of business as Abby is wont to do in these situations. Right. And so everyone's standing there like a mouth opened guffawing as she just basically solves all their problems for them. <laughs> Except, <laughs> and then right after the fact, they're like, ooh, um... We're super grateful, really. Honest, that was great. <sighs> but we got this rule about parasite in the town, so you're gonna have to get the fuck out. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only you, but multiple people have told me that I can't stay here. Right. So she, you know, gathers her belongings and begins to leave. And at that point, Jimmy's like, but, but she saved the day. Like, we need her here. She helped us. She, we're cowards. Like, we're never standing up to these people. And the mayor is like, Jamie, do you have powers? Was your life not about to just be over when you fought this parasite with no Come powers? On. Was that about Come to on. be you? Right. <laughs> and then Jamie's like... <laughs> Like Mary's like, uh, let's like, uh, let's actually roll back the footage. Oh wait, that's yo ass on the ground about to get got. Okay, mm, thought that was interesting, but got all this to say anyway. Like, right, right. So he's like, um, but thank you for that. And so, but Jamie's like, I can't stand this. This town is so provincial, and like runs off. So Abby's leaving, and Jamie basically catches up to her, and basically makes his plea, like lip syncs for his life a little bit about why he should be allowed to come along. He's like. He's like, I can cook. I am funny. I'm a great companion. I was like, this boy's really. I was like, Jamie, you can come with me. I, Listen, I don't, I'm not going anywhere. But <laughs> girl, going down. I'm going to the grocery store. But bitch, if you want to join me, <laughs> should tell some stories. Right? Cook me some pigeon so, soup. That's fine. <laughs> so, um, so Abby acquiesces his request and brings him along. And at that point, you know, Gramps and his auntie say goodbye real quick. They're kind of sad to see him go, but they kind of understand that he's leaving. And so the two of them and Gramps kind of says, why don't you guys leave in the morning? But they're like, no, it's cooler at night. And so they head off together. Um, yeah. On a little adventure. Yeah. And that's the end of the first series. That's quite literally. Yeah. Like kind of how it how it ends. Um, yeah. And I also just wrote. Actually, we can get into that into the discussion section. Um, let's take a little bit of a quick break, and we'll be right back. Woo! And we're back. So, um. Yeah, so basically, so as y'all noticed, this plot summary is definitely a lot shorter than our usual one, usual ones. Mm. Um, but I do think that there is still plenty to discuss. So yes, something that I thought was really, I mean, just like, just to start off, I mean, girl, can we talk about the art style? My God, <laughs> it was just, the shit, y'all, it is so beautifully drawn. Like, it's like, yes, it honestly was kind of like a mix of like, sort of like, anime style drawing as well as like disney in a way like it was kind of yeah, giving me like yeah. 
it like it just in terms of like the like the personalities and like just sort of like the like the little quirks everyone had definitely reminded me a lot of like my favorite anime like there was like one scene where like abby had like dropped um this like little vase that was made of a very special type of glass that's like specific to marigold and gramps was there and so like she like drops the vase she's like oh my god like it's gonna break i'm so sorry and then gramps literally just like picks it up dust it off didn't break and just puts it back and then abby literally like turned <laughs> to stone it was like uh, uh, what like did, like did that like anime thing where they like have that like giant like teardrop and stuff like it was just like very much right. like this is like so reminiscent i just like love this so much and i think that that's just like it, it, it was interesting because I, you know obviously you know to draw a really quick point of comparison like you know infidel like was drawn drawn in such a like dark kind of like emotionally intense sort of way whereas this was like just so bright and light and even though they were in the desert it was still it was just like so radiant um right I, like it just it really kind of got me in like just from the beginning i was like girl, i don't even know or care what the plot is about but like can we talk about these visuals like jesus right. <laughs> like fuck like yeah i agree and also the characters look ethnic like mm. it's not like they i think sometimes you you just throw like you go into photoshop and you just change the skin tone and you're like well <sighs> made some ethnic characters i think they still make them ethnic <laughs> but like they're still cute and fun and, and adorable and I, I i love seeing pocs in this sort of world and in this sort of space because you don't get it as much as you would like i mm. it definitely gave me avatar vibes i felt a little bit of an avatar thing mm. um yes i totally agree that it also has a disney vibe it's the characters are a little bubblier around the edges not too bubbly but just a little right. bit yeah a little bit cutesy. Um, maybe Steven Universe is like a better comparison. But yeah. Um, and I also just love God. The the desert is beautiful. Like the mm. way they draw the desert is just so gorgeous. So I really love that. And the timing, the pacing of the panels is also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that too. And I, yeah, I just I think I like the fact that the story, uh, their POCs, but that like that's not the point of the story. It's mm-hmm. a fantasy a fantasy story that has people of color in it which i really like too because i think that's a nice break or it's just something that needs to exist like right poc people have stories they just have them it's not like a big political thing itself for them to be in a story a fantasy novel so i like right exactly and it kind of focuses yeah it kind of and again, and I know we've talked about this theme in the past, but like having just people of color exist without necessarily an explanation or like mm. having it be a huge plot point kind of just, again, asserts right. the idea that like, oh, this can just be normal. Like people of color just can exist and be like, you know, be wacky like Jamie, be kind of like stoic like Abby, be kind of like, you know, quirky mm. or whatever around the edges might have room to grow and develop. But like their race doesn't it's like it's like that's just like it's just a part of it you know what i mean like it's just like it's just like a thing that exists but it doesn't have to be like the focal point of everything it just kind of allows them to exist outside in a way that's like okay let the like let this be normal like thankfully like thank god this is like normal like just normalize it like so that i i i agree i think that it was very just i don't know i just i i appreciated it a lot and i don't know i i definitely want to talk a little bit about sort of like I guess kind of almost on that vein of like, you know, fantasy and like people of color and like stuff like that. I think it's interesting that like in a lot of these texts, like sort of fantasy novels and like, or fantasy just mediums, um, like you can even like talk about like fifth season here and stuff like that. Oftentimes discrimination still exists, but it's always like kind of like mm. posited as like an ability that someone has, which in some ways is interesting because it's like, it doesn't feel as 
so in some ways somehow feels less personal than race but at the same time if you were just born with this innate ability you're just a certain kind of person it's still kind of the same thing but like for us in this mm. context it somehow feels lighter than if it was like oh they don't like abby because she's black right. you know i also think and i was thinking about this by giving the people you're discriminating against superpowers it almost co-signs this idea idea that there is a justifiable reason to be afraid of them mm. you know I mean? like oh y- you think you can see this in x-men too right or even uh legend of korra um just this idea that like okay well we shouldn't discriminate because they're also humans but i mean they are intrinsically dangerous you kind of see this in zootopia too with the predators being discriminated against mm. like oh in the past they did you're like well, hold on in in the real world as a minority who is discriminated against, I wish I had a superpower to make up <laughs> for the social inequality. <laughs> I would love one. Um, I would like to go to a Rolodex of superpowers and <laughs> flip through it and choose one. But I actually don't have that. And so I think there is something lost in the comparison in that superpowers levels a, a playing field, levels a power dynamic that doesn't actually exist in real life. Mm. Right. Um, that's we real. are all actually just humans, you know? So I thought that was interesting. But of course, that's not MFK specific. That's, you know, any right. comparison. But um, but yeah, I think that is a good question. Why do we see these powers as, as something that's like innate? So it has a metaphor to discrimination, but also d- different. So it's interesting. Or maybe this is just a book about people being from elsewhere no that's not really true right because they got powers like, right i think they would have let abby stay if she was not a parasite oh yeah once at once nefran was like clocked abby she was like girl you gotta go like at first she was like yeah. if super overprotective like abby will want to go to the goddamn bathroom and nefran's like little girl mm. where do you think you're going <laughs> she's like a girl <laughs> the bathroom like yes yeah, so i think yeah. it's very much was like yeah just kind of like the kind of person that abby was she was like mm. yikes um yeah. yeah, and but I, I think that's such a good point because it's like, yeah, it's like the parallel to bias that exists here isn't quite the same. I mean, granted, you could you could make the argument that like people who belong to various marginalized communities have a certain like, you know, resilience or like creativity or like just something that like like, in, like their experience of that marginalization mm. kind of does bring like give them this sort of like imaginative capability that others lack and like perhaps and some and that can manifest in things that are later sort of like appropriated and exploited by oh, sort of like mainstream or like dominant groups but mm. even then at the same time that even that even that extension there like still like necessitates the like existence of discrimination beforehand right like that like the, these other right. things are like things that might evolve from that experience but it still relies on discrimination whereas in this case it's like the discrimination mm. starts because they had these extra powers to begin with and so it's just like right it's yeah i think i just think it's interesting that it's like in some ways i kind of understand why like in the town it's like i get it you have all these parasites that are like heinous and so like you know abby's parasite it's easy for you to be like oh well like you know she might fuck things up but then at the same time jamie was also sitting here being like oh well like she protected us like you know maybe she could like protect us from other ones and it's like but, yeah, but like i mean but which is really better right like forcing her to leave like forcing her into right. sort of exile or relegating her to this like involuntary kind of like non-consensual like night role mm. where she has to like protect you all and like kind of put herself on the line all the time to like not be quote right. one of them. It's like, it's like either way it's still, it's either she's like excluded or she's like a, like a commodity, right? Like in neither situation, right. she really just Abby. So I think it's like, it was funny how even though Jamie's like, oh yeah, girl, like 
caping for Abby. It's like, well, girl, you didn't really provide like a good like alternative. Like, I mean, you kind of just right. like forced her into this sort of like the condensed service to sort of role, which is like, I mean, is that really like <laughs> your lane, sis? Like, I know you didn't try to do that, but girl, like what? Like, I was kind of like Jamie, like, um, so yeah, so it's just, it's, it, it's interesting. I agree with you. I, I think, yeah, I don't think Jamie's think he, there's clearly like a little bit of um, naivety with him. He doesn't Absolutely. quite see the complexities of these relationships, which is both heartwarming and endearing and also like, oh, Jamie, Jesus. But I also, <laughs> I was going to say, I like that dynamic. I, I like the subtle dynamics here, right? Because sometimes I noticed between Nefrain and Abby, Nefrain has a very interesting, complex character. Like her sister left her with this child and you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. she's burdened with that, but also doesn't want Jamie to know because she loves him. Mm. So there's that tension and complexity that's really well explained and shown in only a few panels. And then right. that kind of dynamic between Nefrain and Abby, where it's like, I like you. You know what I mean? Honestly, I like you. I think you're kind of funny. I think you're adorable, but mm-hmm. you still got to go, you know? And I think that's really interesting. And then Gramps comes in at one point is like, yeah, in the past I worked with Parasite during the war. And you're like, Gramps, Gramps, it sounds like you got a whole, there's a whole, um, there's a whole prequel yes. with Gramps as like a teenager to young adult, you know, fighting whatever it war that happened on this continent, which then leads me to think, I, I kind of want to know what the bigger world is here because mm. you only see this really small town right so I, i'm excited to see as they travel like where they're going what city designs that we're gonna get i'm excited for it what conflicts so. right i i don't know i th- i i agree i totally am like super interesting what all of that means but also i'm like also kind of curious about like this idea of like jamie joining abby and everyone just being kind of on board despite like the lack of information <laughs> like it just seemed like i mean i know this yeah. is like fantasy and like whatever but like Abby has not at any point really told anyone. The only reason we know that she's just spreading right. her ashes is because, like, th- that's just in the description of the text. But, like, in the comic itself, mm. like, it's, like, you can tell that, like, you know, when the, like, when dude, like, bursted the the vase that had her mom's ashes and she had to, like, you know, go to the store and purchase a can of whoop ass, like, she, like, it, clearly <laughs> these ashes meant a lot to her. And so it's, like, you know, this right. is clearly really integral to the journey. But it's, like, I don't know, I feel like it's interesting that Jamie was just, like, oh, I'm just going to, like, join you in this because right. i want to be here but it's also like kind of like you don't really know where she's going you don't really know that much about her grants and Nefrain, mm. who like have already had to kind of deal with you like not being able to be home to like where you sort of like, were originally born were just like weirdly on board like i don't know i felt like the lack of protest was kind of interesting as like a choice it's like i can imagine it's like if you're raising your sister's son i feel like i mean especially Nefrain seems a little kind of protective in some ways it's like so why exactly did like i expected if anything i expected all of them to go together rather than just like letting jamie go by himself but i don't know it's just it, it was interesting and also too knowing that like the journey is for her to spread her mom's ashes like i don't know is that like, I don't know, like kind of personal like i was <laughs> like i mean i say like you can't have company but it's kind of like i don't know i feel like right. something like that would be like almost like a spiritual experience and so like jamie mm. just being there and like being weird it's like i'm not sure like how much she's i mean yes you can cook kind of but like it does seem like jamie's just like oh i'm just gonna like kind of insert myself into your narrative because like you're going on a journey and i just like want to not be here i want to like travel right and like escape 
And so it just seems like Abby's like walking into this being like, you know what, girl, like I'm having like this really like spiritual connection with my mom. Like I just really want to connect with her and like spread her ash through like the, you know, the sands of time. And like he's just like, oh, but like I just kind of want to like leave Marigold. You know, like it's just kind of like it just <laughs> seems like their resolve is really. And I'm sure like that'll be expanded upon more like as you get to know them more and like they'll kind of develop a reason to be together. But I always find it interesting when like on these like quest narratives and like it seems it's like characters will like join for low key dumbass reasons, but then like later <laughs> it where it like becomes like oh like here's my reason for being here and fighting the final boss it's just kind of like i mean yes now you have that reason but did you really <laughs> have that reason before when you were just like sauntering from town to town and like fighting like i don't know demon rabbits in the wild you know what i mean like it just like seems kind of like just random as shit like you're just like what the fuck like no, oh my god that's such a good point that's a good point. i think that <laughs> I think that um you're right. There is a trope reliance here in Jamie being like, and people just accepting that Jamie should be allowed to leave his grandfather and this woman who has been taking care of. He he has no obligation to either of them, you know, mm-hmm. um, no obligation to be a breadwinner. And if you switch that, I think with a woman, I don't think they. I don't think that trope is seen as much, right? Well, this mm. girl just wants to go on an adventure and leave her family. They, I feel like society would be like, well, doesn't she want to like take care of her grandfather? And right. so much for her. So I think that is a trope that is relied on. At the same time, I think the comic also destroys another trope, which is the like knowledgeable man and the girl who doesn't know anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so this girl is clearly the driving force. Like she is the she has reasons for doing things and she knows them and <laughs> she's <laughs> determined to get them done. And he's just kind of there, um, which I guess you could say plays on like the goofy kind of male trope. But I mean, look, the world's not perfect. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> right like we could do this all day we could go in circles but Listen, um, right. but i do think i do think there's enough complexity in them in the little that we've seen to say that oh okay like let's see how jamie is gonna develop because jamie's fun and bubbly but then all of a sudden he'll throw in something sharp like don't right. know why my mom and my dad left me like that i guess i don't guess they don't care but when i see him again i'll punch him in the face you're like oh, right oh okay jamie <laughs> mm. so and it was interesting because even i remember he mentioned briefly to abby like you know He's like, yeah, I, I kind of understand in some essence, like kind of what you're going through in a way in that, like, you know, I also am like, like, I don't have a relationship with my parents. Like, yes, your mom isn't alive anymore, mm. but like my mom might as well not be alive because like I don't know her at all. You know, it's just kind of like, right. it, I feel like there's also like a bit more, like, I know Jamie's like goofy and it's like, oh, I just want to like join Abby, but I do think there might be sort of like a residual, like, okay, like we have a shared experience here that like might be healing for us to have a relationship with right. one another. Right, right, right. And I also think there is something to be said about life and and telling young people when they're reading that you actually don't need to know what you're doing when you start something. Mm. And like you probably won't know why you started something. True. And you're only going to know why it's happening or it's worth when you're halfway in it. Like there are so many times where I was like, yeah, now this makes sense. When I started, I could have done anything, you know? Mm -hmm. No, that's real shit. That's real shit. And like, I think... In terms of, um, I don't know, just, like, this idea of, like, escapism, like, you know, Farah, who's Jamie's mom, it seems like there's a lot of, like, you know, in the end of the, the, the text when, like, you know, Nefrain and Gramps are saying bye to Jamie, they're like, well, you know, you are your mother's son, and, you know, she was always someone that, like, you know, had to go somewhere and be elsewhere, um, and if she could have taken you with her, she would have, and I just think it's interesting, like, this idea of, like, escape in the face of like such a peaceful existence i mean the parasite aren't peaceful but like it seems like in theory there's not really much to escape from there's not really like an act of persecution technically right it's just kind of like 
there are these like annoying like pirate like figures, but otherwise things things are fine. It just like I I I'm interested to see why exactly they're escaping, right. and also just kind of like to explore more this idea of like you know when you're like oh like I'm gonna like just go on an adventure or like go escape. It's like how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like it's like how like who gets to do that and like mm. what makes it justifiable? Like it's like you know it's it's just because the thing is like if we all just escaped. It's funny. I remember we talked right. about something similar with, with like with Sula. Like you know, we can't all leave. Um, mm. Fuck! What was that town called? Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, the bottoms or whatever. Like like we all left the bottoms. Yes. Then like yes, the bottoms yes. wouldn't be a thing anymore, right? So it's just like I just find that like that idea of that escapism interesting. And it's funny too because like usually like I feel like escapism is often associated with like whiteness. Like there's always like this kind of like oh like whites. Like I'm like going on an adventure. I'm gonna go, like go camping or I need to like get out. You know, it's just kind of like it's like but girl like. I mean, like, you, like society is literally made for you. I mean, like, like that's fine that you like mm. want to do those things, but like, you don't necessarily have like we can't escape like you sort of thing. So it's just interesting seeing like a book with like pretty much all people of color where like this like, kind of idea still exists and like I don't know. I feel like it kind of will allow us to see it in a kind of like a different light or maybe like a similar light Ooh. or not. But I'm just kind of curious to see how that will how that will evolve. Will play out. Yes, Marcy, that's such a that's such a good point. Actually, in America, they talk about one of the inequalities that many black americans and and pocs in general face is transportation right the inability to leave a place and go somewhere else that inability to escape so like for instance with flint michigan a lot of people that housing price of their house are is so low because of the water crisis that they actually can't leave they don't there's not enough capital for them to go Mm. and so this concept of who gets to escape and, and who gets to embody that. And then if you if you think about colonialism, right, and, and sort of the narratives of storytelling in the past when it's like, I'm going to go on an adventure to the the, the African Sahara mm. and I'm going to... And then you're like, okay, wait, but people live there. Like for, for some people, that's not an escape. That's just like right. <laughs> their home. So it's almost <laughs> like, you escape to what? You know, it, it comes from a very specific notion of what what's out out there quote-unquote and what's here and the the idea is that out there are problems but somebody is keeping it safe and neutral down here here so there's always somewhere to go back to but what if you live somewhere like that's not the case like you might be running because home doesn't exist or home isn't safe so Mm. it is a good question right it's like to mix up the narrative and i think you kind of see that in abby like abby seems to be running it's not like she's had, it doesn't seem like she has home somewhere. It seems right. like she's looking for a place to, you know, or maybe she's not looking for anything. We don't know yet, but it doesn't seem like she's just taking a little journey. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so that is interesting. And it's going to, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, like that's real shit. And like, honestly, I mean, as y'all can tell, like, you know, there's not, we've read the first three chapters of, you know, a tale that is still emerging. So hopefully, you know, maybe in the future, like for a new, you know, maybe for like next year's summer shorts or something like that, there might be Mm. an update of like, kind of like what happens next. But Akko, do you have any particular predictions for what's going to take place? Do I have any predictions? I, I don't have any predictions yet. I don't think there's, I I couldn't find enough to predict. Well, I I guess I, I do think Jamie will grow as a character, but that's very general. Mm -hmm. Um, there was one line that um, Auntie says before they go where she says, she pulls Abby to the side and says, I need to tell you something. And then um, Jamie asks Abby what his aunt said. And she says, she told me to trust you. 
Mm. And I'm not sure that's very foreboding. So I wonder what that means. Like, is that just an indication of how the relationship is going to go? Does that mean Jamie's going to pre- betray her and the auntie just didn't know? You know what I mean? Will that be like right. an ironic twist? Or will that be like actually the the quintessential message of the story, you know, is the trust between the two of them. I don't know. But I thought it was like a very hmm. foreshadowy piece. So. Got you. Interesting. I feel like, I, I agree. I think that Jamie will grow as a character, as will Abby. I think they'll both kind of grow to have a very particular relationship with, with one another. I do think that like they will explain more of why Farah and I, Jamie's dad left him. Um, I think that like, I mean, I know, I know it's more layered than like Farrah just wanted to go on an adventure. Cause if she just wanted to go on an adventure, it just seems like, why would you not bring <laughs> your like newborn son with you? It just seems like right. that's such a like severe, like that's such a severe notion to like leave him for years with like, you know, your other loved ones. It's just like, okay, I feel like there's something like going on here. Maybe oh, there's like some sort of like conflict taking place or maybe like they were some, like the two of them were sort of like in danger somehow or being like sought out. Mm. You know, I feel like there was something that's like honing in on them and they didn't want oh. Jamie to be sort of in the crossfire of that. So I think that like, or maybe, maybe Jamie has powers. So he doesn't know about maybe uh, that, I was also, I was also thinking, I was like, what if Thera was parasite? Just like the other, like in like, maybe her husband oh. was too. And then it was like, you know, like, but if like Jamie was around people who were parasite, he might realize he's parasite. And I was like, maybe there's like another mm. sort of like, thing here maybe that's another sort of subtext as to why like jamie has such a special affinity for abby so quickly so right i don't know i think it is i think it's interesting i do think there'll be probably i'm sure there'll be like more characters that like join the group and it'll be like this whole like hilarious like <laughs> in the desert like woo and then like abby would sort of be like the like mandy from like the grim adventures of billy and mandy and be like oh my god <laughs> everyone's like so annoying like i do like i swear to god um yeah you know, but I- I wanted to, there, there was one thing I wanted to point out. The mm-hmm. fact that Abby is deaf is very cool. It's not something you see in comics and stories very often. So I really like mm-hmm. that. I did, I did wonder, and I don't want to give it too much slack because it's a series and there's probably more. I wonder how that's going to play out. Like, are they just going to give her a hearing aid and just call it a day? Or will that tension and conflict of that being possibly something that could be exploited by others come up and in what ways? So mm. I, I want to see how that plays out as well. Got you. So like, ra- mm. I agree. Cause I think that like, yeah, cause they don't explain if like she was born deaf or like, you know, like how sort of mm. the history of that. So I'm curious to see, yeah, similarly, I'm curious to see sort of how that plays out. And like, hopefully it doesn't just become a like, we're inclusive like deaf character right. but like you don't like actually exp- you know what i mean like it's, it's, it's just like she's, right it's just like oh it's just, like she's like if abby were both deaf or not deaf like she like literally the exact same things would have happened like the exact you know like her mm. character would have been the exact same so i'm curious to kind of see how that interacts with with the story as well because it seems like i mean like i can imagine people trying to like insidiously use that you know, to sort of exploit her. But like, I mean, shit, in that fight sequence with those parasites, she... Right? Mama was like, it was four on one and she whooped them bitches' asses like it was nothing. Like, she literally was like... (laughs) I I honestly didn't even know fully what was happening because she was like just like conjuring up like light and like magic and like shields and just like throwing shit. And I was just like, girl, this is crazy. What is happening? (laughs) Oh my God, I was living. And it was just like, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, yes, this like young woman better take out these four ass dudes. Mm. I was just like getting my life. But anyway, um... But yeah, so we'll see what happens with MFK. I'm excited yes. to see how this evolves. But um, 
Until next time, if you all would like to get in touch with us, if you want to send us your thoughts about, you know, the comic book or maybe anything. some suggestions. I mean, honestly, just like anything. Feel free to <laughs> like, shoot us an email at thesecoloredpages at gmail.com. Also, check out our yes. website at thesecoloredpages.com. And also, definitely check out our section of the website where we kind of give like our – we like – publish and upload our notes as we like kind of read our books because you know we definitely yes. make it a process to like summarize everything and like usually it's like funny as fuck and just like honestly ridiculous especially like oh. i mean girl start with house of the house of the spirits because ciao <laughs> <laughs> read those like yeah. unfiltered thoughts as we were reading through it because oh chile um so yeah, yeah the stream <laughs> of consciousness is great is really shit so yeah so definitely check out our website um also feel free to follow us on twitter at the colored pages and is there anything else, Akko, that we should leave our listeners? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything else. But until next time, of course, stay, stay colorful! colorful!